has flipped to October. The start of the Big Ten football season is only a few weeks away. For Michigan State, padded practice is underway, and, and personally, I could not be more excited for some Big Ten football. Welcome into episode five of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Champion, here with Michigan State B reporters Matt Wenzel and Kyle Austin on Thursday, October 8th, 2020. Lots to get to today. Updates galore from the Michigan State football practice field as Mel Tucker and the Spartans continue to ramp up for their October 24th season opener against Rutgers at Spartan Stadium. Uh, Matt, you said last pod that it hadn't really started to feel like football yet, but the the Spartans are practicing. They're they're popping the pads, as my old coach liked to say. So I'm going to keep asking you, you, uh, you starting to feel the football vibes and more importantly, did you order your cardboard cutout for Spartan Stadium yet? <laughs> well, to be fair, the last time you asked about it, I was coming off a weekend spent in the uh, in Kentucky without a uh, cable TV, so I wasn't able to watch those games. But uh, now I watched them uh, last week, so definitely feels a lot more like football. And uh, and you know, with it being a little more than two weeks away, but uh, no, no, no cut- cardboard cutouts being ordered by me. Anyway, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, not a lot of basketball news to talk about today, but uh, did you order a cutout and, and did you enjoy the college football weekend? Any any surprising results that caught your eye? No, no cutout. I mean, I think Matt and I will be there in person. So uh, uh, no, cutout yes. no, no cutout Tina for us, although I am looking forward to seeing what some people come up with. with those. I'm sure that they'll be um, interesting. And yeah, I mean, it's um, it's, it's been a fun weekend. You know, I, I, I enjoyed, uh, the, the Mike Leach roller coaster is going to be consistently fun in the SEC, watching them be great. And then horrible in consecutive weeks, uh, Lane Kiffin is being Lane Kiffin. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just the SEC. So I'm, I'm waiting for some big 10 football. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. M- Mississippi state wins at, at LSU, then loses at home to Arkansas. We had, <laughs> Uh, UCF go down to Tulsa. They are no longer the national champions. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma both lose. They're playing for seventh place in the Big 12 this weekend (laughs) uh, in the Red River rivalry or whatever you want to call it. Um, So, I mean, we kind of touched on it last time, but a lot of surprising results across the country. Um, and And I didn't really have this in the note, but I mean... Do you guys see a possibility where, you know, the Big Ten could have some of these crazy results? Because it seems like the playing field has been emptied, whether it's no fans or just the weird offseason. Um, it's, it's been a little strange to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think and, and you're going to see this and coaches have talked about it. You're, you're seeing sloppy play. You're seeing unexpected things or things you don't usually see, but could be someone uh, expected given. You know, the weird offseason, the practice problems, stops and starts, uh, you know, you're losing teams are having their roster, you know, depleted because guys are, are either tested positive for COVID or they're in contact tracing. And you're just you're going to see some of this now in the Big Ten. Sure. You, I think you'll see some of it. Um, it's not going to wouldn't stop me from picking Ohio State to win. And um, But, yeah, I think you'll see some surprises, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see some of these big, these big teams lose weird games. Um, and like Matt said, I don't think it's going to be enough to really um, to, to make me pick against anybody. But, um, yeah, I, Ohio State, I, I would not pick Ohio State undefeated in this year just because I think so many good teams are losing. Same with, um, you know, same with Wisconsin or whoever's good out in the West. Um, I think it's going to be a weird year. Yeah, well, that it is 2020. Weirdness is kind of the 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 key and the theme here in this year. So, uh, let's get into it, Matt. You you reported uh, that the Spartans had their their first scrimmage uh, recently. This is this is noteworthy because there was no spring practice, no spring game. I guess they haven't really been in a game situation 
um, since the pinstripe bowl. And that was under a different staff. So uh, these scrimmage situations would seem to be key for a new staff in evaluating players. So, um, and I know you talked to Mel Tucker recently. So what were some of his key takeaways coming out of that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a notable thing for them to to be able to check off with with not without even having a padded practice since December. So to be able to not only get into pads last week and, and have a scrimmage on Saturday, they went to Spartan Stadium, and that was really well, it was their first chance as a staff under Tucker to to have guys going live and, and you know tackling to the ground, like you said, and all that. And it's as he said, it's just you, you just find out so much more about about your players and what they can bring than you do when. Well, Scotty Hazleton, the defensive coordinator last week, you know, said the the stuff they were doing before they put the pads on, he called it pajamas and basically saying, you know, saying, you know, you don't really know what you got in guys when you're doing that. I mean, yeah, you can see some stuff on the back end of the defense, how guys cover. um, But when you get the pads on and then when you go live is really when you figure it out. And and let's be honest, this is a team that has a lot to figure out on the roster. I mean, there are plenty of guys that are positions up for grabs and, and, you know, with the losses they had from last year and. Um, the scrimmage this past weekend, and they're planning on having a second one uh, this weekend. Uh, that those go a long way to determining that. So I, I'm just curious. Um, you know, the, the the coaches are obviously looking for something, but I mean, you guys as beat reporters, I know. You know, Michigan State basketball for you, Kyle, they sometimes I know they had like a secret scrimmage against Gonzaga last year um, that you know reporters can't really see, but. What kind of things do you, is there things that you guys look for early in the season or, or like, is there certain things that B reporters look for in terms of trying to evaluate the team? Or is that kind of something where you're just a casual observer and you let the coaches give you the highlights? Well, I mean, if they wanted to crack open the doors and let us into the practice field, I'd, there'd be a lot of things I'd be looking to see, but uh, that's not <laughs> happening. Uh, obviously the current situation limits the people who have access to the, to the building, but you know, even even when, when Mark was there, I think they used to at the beginning of, of fall camp, they would let us in to watch a couple um, periods of practice here and there. But it was never I mean, they weren't, weren't letting you watch full install of stuff. You, you basically saw some stretching, some minor, you know, drill work and and, and a little bit of other stuff. But um, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see it. But I mean, it'll be it'll be October 24th against Rutgers when we'll get a look at it. And there'll be plenty, you know, I'll be looking for, you know, obviously the quarterback battle, um, who's going to win that, who's going to, and whether that drags into the season, uh, the offensive line. I mean, there are a lot of combinations you could put together to make that work, you know, standouts, uh, you know, taking over receiver, Jaden Reed, um, which you want to see from the defensive line, losing three or four starters, you know, the D tackles have coming, you know, Naquan and Jacob Slate coming back with experience, you know, what they run scheme-wise, potentially on defense. You know, what 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 does the defense actually look like now that you got a new head coach and a new coordinator? You know, all those things will be stuff I'm interested to see, and it'll be uh, – every we're going to see it at the same time as, as everybody else does. Yeah, so, so you, normally the, the, when they let you into practice, uh, they'll do – football, college football practices, you know, probably all football practices, you're broken up into periods. So they'll say, okay, you get, you get four periods. But it's always funny – They'll say like, okay, you get four periods, but you can't watch the offense in the fourth period. So there'll be two fields out there and one of the, and you have to turn away and not watch one of the fields. And you always have that such curiosity. You're like, what is going on on the secret field? We're not allowed to watch. Is there a big new Antonio trick play or are they running someone new at quarterback and everyone's standing there with their back to it, wondering what's going on. And if you turn around and watch, I, I saw Mark Antonio on multiple occasions 
yell at reporters for watching in practice what they were not allowed to watch. So, how dare um, you? How dare you see my double jet sweep reverse? Uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are the types of things I always wanted to see in practice, but never, but never really could. Uh, but no, I mean, Matt, Matt, Matt summed that up well. I mean, there's tons of things we don't know um, if we could be out there. Um, and who knows um, if there wasn't COVID, if we could, but it, you know, we talk to these guys, they're going to tell us what, what they want to tell us, you know, as far as standouts and how far along they are, but really we're, we're all going to find out uh, the, the first game together, I think. All right, cool. Well, so uh, Matt, you've been busy lately. I know you've had access to uh, some players, some uh, some assistant coaches. Um, so we're just going to kind of run through some some news here, uh, stuff that some of the stuff you've reported already on MLive.com, but maybe you can uh, flush it out a little bit more here on the podcast. Um, briefly, want to touch on the on the opt outs. Uh, we had Jacob Panasuk come back in. We had Marcel Lewis opt back in, um, and and we got sort of an update on on the other two guys this week. Yeah, yeah, they those two when when we talked to Mel back in September 17th or whatever it was, he said he thought that situation would shake out quickly. Marcel had opted back in the day before, Jacob the day after. And obviously getting Panasuit back is as huge as their their top the end and then yesterday Mel confirmed that uh both Jordan Reed and, and Justin Stevens uh, remain opt-outs, but basically it said, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um so I don't know if there's the potential for either of them to to change their mind and opt back in, but it would seem like you're two weeks away from the season that, you know, you'd want to have an idea of what you're, what you're rolling with. Um, so w- without Jordan Reed, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a significant loss. You know, he's a two-year starter at, at right tackle for a line that had, been, you know, used 16 different starting combinations. The last two seasons been decimated by injury. Well, nine and 18, seven last year uh, has been decimated by, by injuries. I mean, he was your one constant. He was the guy that could stay healthy, stay on the field. And, and now he's, He's not going to be there. So um, Justin Stevens is a true freshman. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know that he would have ever cracked the lineup this year. But, uh, you know, both opted out because of COVID concerns, and that's certainly understandable. Um, but with, at right tackle, then I, I, it's what are you going to see there? Because that has been the position that had been locked up while everything else moved around. So you bring back, you know, uh, Luke Campbell is a fifth-year senior. He's got, you know, starting experience at all four, well, at both tackle and both guard spots. So he has played a right tackle. That's an option. Um, you know, Kevin Jarvis was a two-year starter at right guard. He kicked out to left tackle to start last season before he, you know, suffered a season-ending injury. You expect him to be back, but will he be inside? Will he be outside? Uh, you know, we talked to Chris Kabilovic back in the spring. You know, he had basically admitted that they have more established depth interior wise, you know, at the guard spots and at center than they do at the tackle spots. I think that was pretty obvious. And now you're taking away basically your most experienced tackle from the, from the mix. So, uh, you know, they'll have to figure that out. There's a lot of different combinations. Like I said earlier, they could put together on the offensive line, but I think you look for a couple of the guys I just mentioned. Uh, Mustafa Khalifa was, uh, I think he finished last season as the backup right tackle, but doesn't really have a ton of playing experience. Or you can look at a guy like Spencer Brown, who was a uh, true freshman last year, uh, didn't play. Um, you know, there's there's potential there, and you know we don't get to see him practice, so who knows what they're going to do. What what's the word on Devonte Dobbs? Is he is he looking like he's in the mix uh, yes. to start this year? Because I mean, obviously yeah. he's a five star lineman. People are gonna we don't get a whole lot of those in Michigan State, so he seems like someone people will be curious to know what what's his outlook looking like. 
Yeah, I knew I was going to forget a name in there among the four left tackles that they started <laughs> last year. So, uh, yeah, Devontae, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that has the potential to be there. He started one game, but he only ended up playing in uh, in four. If I remember that right, the rule is four more than four, then you and then you burn your red shirt. So he nice. they originally were going to hold him out. Then they played him and then they were going to burn his red shirt. And then he got he got banged up late in the year. I don't think he played in the in the Maryland game. He was held out, and then they held him out of the bowl game to preserve his red shirt. But he had that one start that was at Rutgers. Um, but yeah, I mean he's still a younger guy, so we'll see how they can develop him. And obviously, and then you got AJR Curry, another guy to watch. He you know he another guy who battled injuries, and he ended up you know becoming a starter last season after after Jarvis was hurt, and 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 then after Higby was hurt, so. They just had a, you know, it was a revolving door at left tackle last year, whereas right tackle was your, was your constant. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously new staff, a lot of turnover on both sides of the ball. The line isn't the only spot where we're, Michigan State's going to have to to fill some slots here, um, you know, on defense as well. But quarterback is, you know, is it's the most important position in sports. People are going to want to know who plays quarterback. We touched on the competition a little bit last week. Matt, I know you wrote, you wrote a story this week sort of talking about the quarterback competition and Mel had called it an open competition. Um, we talked about, you know, as many as four guys or probably more like three, but four guys may have the potential to, to play. And, and I, I saw your updates that said they're still giving them equal reps. I mean, it, is he talking about rotating four different guys or is it three different guys getting equal reps? Because he seems like you need to narrow this down eventually. Yeah. We talked to Jay Johnson, uh, their OC and, and QB's coach on Friday. And he had said it was basically between the guys you expect, uh, Rocky Lombardi, Theo Day and Peyton Thorne. Those are your returning scholarship quarterbacks. You know, Noah Kim's the incoming freshman, but he's a first year guy. Um, so you don't usually see those guys make the contribution or, uh, immediately. And he's, he needs to put on some, some size. It looks like, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, Jade said basically they're rotating, getting splitting reps evenly between Rocky, Theo, and Peyton. Um, he would like to have a better idea when, when the competition will be settled, uh, like within a week or two. But admitted basically that he, he wouldn't want to, but it, if it if they have to, that the competition could extend in the season and and you could see them playing multiple guys. So um, yeah, I mean, it's I it's still a toss up. I would give I would give Rocky the edge because of the experience, which Jay admitted puts him is something you can't you can't replicate um so but i wouldn't be surprised to see if one of the other guys want it or if they go into the season and you know maybe rocky gets first series first couple series first quarter whatever and then you're playing one of the other guys i mean who knows because you know we've seen rocky we haven't seen the other two really barely theo and, and obviously haven't seen peyton in college so uh what they look like uh it, on the practice field running a new offense uh there are only so many people that are able to, to see, see that, and, and uh, the media is not uh, part of that. Yeah, that, the most interesting to me, and we didn't learn a, a ton of, of new stuff about the quarterback race this week or in the last week, but the fact that they're willing to let this um, go out into the regular season was the most interesting bit to me. Because it, to me, coaches are kind of in two camps. There are guys like Harbaugh, for instance, who like to pick their guy for the opener and let them go, and, and only change if absolutely necessary. There's guys who are willing to maybe switch play between two guys, maybe give a guy a series here, give a guy a series there. So obviously new staff, we're learning all sorts of stuff about their philosophies. And it sounds like this coaching staff's philosophy is going to be that they're willing to let competitions go into the season and maybe play multiple guys. And the fact that they're even talking about that maybe makes me think that 
Rocky doesn't have it as locked up as I thought. Or, or maybe this is all just a smoke screen. I don't know. But that was interesting to me. I It wouldn't have surprised me at all to hear them say, we want to have a guy if we won. Uh, but they didn't say that. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I go back to how much the lack of spring practice played into this. If you, yeah. if you I believe I, – well, let me just say I would – I think it's a, a lot more likely, had they had their 15 spring practices like normal, that they would have a starting quarterback named right by now. And, you know, without those – I, that obviously changes things. You just didn't get the reps. And, and with the new staff, they, Jay had said, you know, they're, he's trying to, as the new guy in the room, he's trying to evaluate them all from scratch. And I think that factors heavily. Just from reading your reports, I'm starting. I mean, I, I was all on Team Rocky. I still am. I really want to chant Rocky. It just sounds fun. Um, but <laughs> but I'm starting to think that we're going to see multiple quarterbacks in the same game. I mean, if not just for this year, but maybe even for future years. I mean, obviously part of that might have to do with if the offense is ineffective and I mean, but we see it, we we're seeing it in these games all the time right now. I mean, there's a lot more teams that are playing multiple quarterbacks that seem to be more willing to shuffle guys in and out, almost like other position players. You know, I feel like the rhetoric has always been, that's not ideal, but with this crazy off season, it seems like we're seeing more teams willing to change it up on the fly, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, and with you know, you go back to what Jade said back in the spring, way back then, when asked about the quarterback, saying doesn't matter what happens, even if they had a full set of practices, he won't know who what he's got until until you put him in a game situation. And when you, I mean, you got that with Rocky, but barely with Theo, and and, and not at all with, with Peyton Thorne. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if that competition remains close, that they will want to get him in. You know, see what these guys can do because it's one thing to to do it in practice on a seven on seven setting or even a scrimmage. And it's another to do it in a game, albeit you can strip away the <laughs> 72,000 to a hundred thousand people there chanting. So you, you lose that part of it, but it's still, you know, it, it, there's obviously a difference. I, I think that can be a successful strategy to me. The key though would be the, once you see a guy being successful, once you see a guy get hot or get in rhythm, you give him the keys and you don't worry about being fair or, Oh, we had planned to play Peyton in the third quarter. You know, I, I think D'Antonio got um, hung up there a couple of times, the few times that he kind of played multiple guys. He, I, mm-hmm. it seemed like they would kind of have a script and they would stick with it. And they'd take out a guy who was just seeming to kind of get in rhythm and find it. And then they'd take him out for somebody else. They did that with the running backs a lot, uh, but the quarterbacks sometimes too. So to me, it can work, but if you're Jay Johnson, you got to see, you got to see when a guy's got something going and say, okay, here's the guy. We're not switching anymore. Um, and we'll see if they'll be able to do that. Yeah, just look at, you know, a couple of years ago when, you know, Rocky started that aforementioned Purdue game we talked about last week. And then the next week they, you know, they put they put uh, Lewerke in who when he was may or may not have been healthy with the injury. And then you're mm-hmm. simultaneously crushing Rocky's confidence while also having the fans turn on uh, Brian Lewerke because they think he, you're saying he's healthy. And then he goes out and performs like he's not healthy. That is the situation you want to avoid. You don't want to have this, you know, constant flip-flopping where you're simultaneously crushing the confidence of multiple quarterbacks. Um, so ideally you want to find the guy, but wouldn't be a surprise early on to see multiple quarterbacks get into game action. So transitioning to the other side of the ball, Michigan state lost several key players on defense. Uh, Joe Bocci, Raquan Williams, Kenny Willekes, um, Josiah Scott from the secondary. So a lot of key roles to fill on defense. Um, you mentioned talking to Hazleton, Matt. Have we gotten any sort of clarity on who might be emerging in some of these defensive spots? Yeah, yeah, and some of them are pretty obvious, you know, when you – but but Scotty did talk 
in detail about about some of these guys. Um, so you know, just right off the top, obviously Jacob Panasuk's back. You're, there's your top D end. Um, at, after that, it's really Drew Beasley, Jack Camper as guys who have experience. Um, Beasley obviously a little more. Uh, Camper's battle injuries, and after that, it gets into the unknown. You get Michael Fletcher, who was a true freshman last year. He had a foot injury, only played one game at Michigan, played maybe a handful of snaps. So he's a guy that you could, you know, maybe he can take that next step, um, but you really haven't seen it. And, and and Scotty admitted as much at the time, you know, and said, you know, we need to we need to see what he can do with the pads on a little more. Um, at the interior, I think that's the one D tackle is the one position probably on the defense where you where they might feel the most comfortable. At least that's the impression I get. You know, Naquan Jones, the three year backup, he returns as a fifth year senior. Jacob Slade was a cracked into that rotation with Naquan Naquan last year, and, and you know he did. Did well, and then behind that you get Deshaun Mallory, uh, redshirt sophomore. You get Jalen Hunt, redshirt freshman. Um, Scotty talked to he mentioned Jalen's name a couple of times as being a guy who's on the upswing. I think he called it, and then he he with uh, unsolicited brought up brought up Maverick Hansen as a, as another guy that's been impressing him, and he was a guy that was committed to Central. He flipped to Michigan State on signing day in in eighteen, and he didn't play last year, but. Apparently he's doing something right. So D tackle seems pretty decent, you know, with what you got. Uh, looks like you got your your starters and, and, and backups uh, kind of in place. Uh, linebackers, Antoine Simmons, obviously you know what you get. I thought Noah Harvey played pretty well uh, late last season, stepping in when Bocce was declared ineligible. Um, and Chase Klein seems like the other guy that's good that everybody talks about. Simmons uh, this fall had said, you know, he said he was going to be a dude. And he's a guy whose name keeps uh, – gets mentioned so that looks like your top three linebackers right there and then the secondary you get you get Xavier Anderson back as a starting strong safety he's a leader he's a guy that you you know played better as the season went on last year um Shakur Brown is your is your top corner he you know he overcame an injury and I think started the last handful of games or whatever it was last year um he's a guy I think they're going to lean on and then the other spots are a little more questionable so, you know, Trey Person could be your, your new starting free safety with David Dahl gone. Um, then the other cornerback spot is is kind of open. Alan Gervin, Julian Barnett, Chris Jackson, Davion Williams, uh, Dom Long, you know, all of those guys are in the mix. And then it's, you know, what kind of, what are they showing? You know, are they, are, you know, if they're going to five DBs, like Scotty talked about, if we have to put in a third corner, who is it going to be? And, you know, can they fit the spot? And they've talked about guys playing at multiple positions. Um, and, and, you know, you've got that potential there with, uh, Dom Long and, and Trey Person have both played corner and safety. So I, the names are there and there's a, there, I mean, there are a lot of guys that you've seen maybe a little bit of that are now going to be asked to do a lot more. And that's what will be curious to, to see unfold. I've, I've been so impressed with Antoine Simmons. It seems like he's stepping up uh, into a huge leadership role this season. I mean, have you been getting that feeling as well? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. We were, you know, he started to be a little more vocal last year, obviously being a starter, um, smart dude. Um, and then it was uh, after the pinstripe bowl when we, we had our, you know, the press conference with the players at the podium and all that. And then, you know, we come down the hall at Yankee Stadium and they brought some guys outside and Antoine was one of them. And I think that's where he saw it kind of shift to, all right, this is this is my team now. You know, his voice, you know, he was he talked about, yeah. You know, <laughs> we just, we went seven and, you know, like, yeah, we won 10 games in 17, but we went seven and six the last two years. That's not, that's not something to be really be proud of. Yeah, it's great. We went to a couple of bowl games, but, but you know, that isn't what they, what they expect. 
you know, and, and you know, he, he's kind of been ever since then, you know, it's been clear that he's the guy that they want speaking for the team more than anybody else. You know, he's, he's the one they'll make available the most to the media. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he, if he is not named a team captain, I, I don't even, I, I can't, I can't come up with a word uh, good enough for, for shock that would uh, support, uh, supplant it. That that seems less likely than, you know, 2020 reverting back to normal. So, you know, like yeah. he, he's going to be a captain. Like, let's just say it. He's going to be. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, three weeks now, uh, three weekends left until Michigan State will take the field against Rutgers and then we'll we'll get some more definitive answers, maybe some more clarity uh, throughout practice over the next couple of weeks as to who's going to step up into some of these uh, position battles. But it will certainly be interesting to watch and and Matt will be all over it. So uh, transitioning to a, a topic that, you know, Matt knows better than anyone is uh, CrossFit, right? So uh, cross <laughs> no. training play, no, no, or cross training multiple positions, right? Maybe you put a note here in our, in our show notes that they're looking at maybe some guys for, for both sides of the ball. I know Julian Barnett is a guy they've, they've, done that with uh are you hearing some other names or is is he kind of the main the main guy well i mean i think what what you know this is something jay johnson touched on last week cross training guys and then and mel brought it up again uh this week and and added the you know the potential to play guys on both sides of the ball and that's basically what they're doing is they're seeing how this is playing out across the country when teams you know are, are having position groups uh, affected by people testing positive for covid or tracing it can get really interesting. So um, Julian Barnett's just a guy that stands out, you know, because he, he played wide receiver last year. He's moving to corner this year. So obviously, you know, that's something that could be worked out if, if need be. Um, Tyler Hunt, who's a punter and kicker and was used as an uh, on the kick return team last year, interestingly, who Mark, Mark D'Antonio always raved about as being a great athlete. Uh, and he was in high school. Uh, he's now working at tight end. So that's interesting. But that's the only position change that they've they've thrown out there I think the other guys you just look at are you know he's talking about you know they were talking about you know playing multiple positions like on the offensive line you can I touched on that earlier Luke Campbell Kevin Jarvis you know playing multiple spots um Blake Buters played multiple spots but you, you get a guy like JD Duplain who they brought in as a D tackle last year they moved in during fall camp they move him to the offensive line and uh you know he started five games at, at left guard so if you were suddenly in a, in a terrible pinch at D tackle, I guess, you know, that would be hypothetically a guy you could move over. Um, uh, Manuel flowers. It came in as a corner played, moved to wide receivers now a safety. So you, he's got a, a foundation at least in, in playing both sides of the ball in college, even if he, you know, hasn't played much. So Adam Berghorst and parks Gissinger both came in as, as DNs and, and they're now tight ends. So I, I think, you know, like I said, they haven't, thrown anybody's name out there but i think when you when they start talking about uh the potential to play multiple positions the potential to switch sides of the ball you just you kind of look at at what these guys have done in the past and just speculate about in, in a worst case scenario what, what would they do and and kind of try and put the piece together yeah i mean I, I look around college football and i see teams like oklahoma which i think played its opener without 20 20 or so of its guys and uh, i mean i think it's situations like that they're thinking about and and i don't know how much this has entered their calculus, but when the Big Ten gets going, they're going to have that 21-day quarantine for anybody who tests positive. And, and that's stricter than, I, I believe that's stricter than anywhere else in the country. 
um, as yeah. far as having a guy out length of time that a guy is going to be out if he tests positive. So um, it, it sounds like they're planning um, for potentially losing guys. And if it's, you know, if it's two or three guys at a position group and, you know, if, 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 you know, God forbid the virus goes through a position group a little bit, um, it, it could be a significant period of time. Um, so I, I think it's a smart thing to do. I don't think it's something you want. I mean, you got enough stuff to figure out as a first year staff learning, you know, on a shortened timetable, trying to install everything and find out what you got. Um, I'm sure, sure they don't like to spend practice periods working guys at different positions, but um, I think it, if it comes to it, there could be a time this season when we say, wow, it's a good thing they did that because they needed to. Is Rocky Lombardi not the perfect name for a middle linebacker? Do, do, you, do you think we'll see him there? Mm, it's a great name for, for any position in football. Oh, but pun, don't he's forget a, He's a punter, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, don't forget. That was where Rocky made his <laughs> debut at Arizona State in, in uh, 18 in that uh, 100 and whatever degree heat we had out there. And he, uh, Jake Hartbarger got hurt. And as Rocky always expected when he went to, cover, went to college as a quarterback, his first play was a punt. But uh, his dad was in the stands to, to watch it, uh, interestingly enough. So uh, I'm sure it's a memorable moment uh, looking back on it. I, but, uh, I, I want to see Tyler Hunt quarterback, Rocky Lombardi punter at some point. Uh, <laughs> it just, it just seems like someone who would have played you know, <laughs> middle, middle linebacker for the Steelers in the 70s or something. But uh, anyway, his dad told me he was tight end at one point. Uh, we well, really wanted to play quarterback. So maybe, so maybe there's a possibility for it. Well, doesn't everyone want to play quarterback? The left guard <laughs> wants to play quarterback too. But you know what? It's not in the cards for everyone. But uh, anyways, we're running long here. We'll, we got to go um but it's good to get those updates in i'm glad to see uh the michigan state actually can finally put on the pads and and start to figure some of this stif- stuff out because they're obviously behind the eight ball quite a bit uh going into this season which is quickly approaching um and and i i cannot wait i seriously cannot wait i miss sparty i miss zeke i miss tailgating but you know we'll at least maybe get some of that back am i going to be seeing your cardboard cutout spartan stadium brandon that's what it sounds like uh, oh i'm working on it i am 100 <laughs> percent working on it for sure for sure so uh we all have that to look forward to i'll be trying to spot it <laughs> on, on the sidelines but uh yeah good job guys good talking to you as always uh you can follow us all on on the twitter uh check out matt and kyle's work uh on mlive.com um we are really really looking forward to the season please subscribe and rate and review this podcast if you enjoy it uh nice 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 messages only um but uh until next time thanks for listening and go green